Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Um, For those of you who are just listening, let me describe my ailment of the week. Um, This is 100% from streaming and gaming so much. So I have a um, it's like one of those like stretchy bandages. Um, I always have these knocking around the house because I am terrible for uh, joint pain. Um, so those kind of, what are these called? Like a um, compression type of blanket? Love them. Anyway, this kind of helps a little bit. I can't remember what it's called, but it happened once before. It's like a little lump that appears um, just at my wrist to the side. And when I Googled it before, it said, um, back in the day, the solution to this problem was to hit it with the Bible. Unfortunately, I don't have that religious text on hand. Um, and Lee made me get rid of all of the Argos catalogs. So I'm just kind of waiting it out. But this is definitely a hobby related injury, which is kind of funny. I think that's probably what caused it last time as well, when I go through phases of playing a lot of handheld games, um, because it's just like a lot of, it's a lot of wrist action. Ooh, uh, that's what she said. Um, so yeah, and also maybe it's because I'm getting old. Although what the counsellor said last week about ME was really interesting because it's also got stuff to do with joints. Hmm, haven't had doctor's appointments since then, so no updates. Um, but I did kind of want to touch on something that I was thinking about last night when I couldn't sleep. And there's a story behind that. But the main question of today, of this podcast, is what is, what is like your worst nightmare scenario? If you are a people pleaser like me, I mean, we could extend this to whatever. If, if you know yourself, if you know that you are particularly sensitive in a certain area. I know that I I just want everyone to like me. I want everyone to be happy. I want to make everyone good all the time. It is something that I used to think was a, a positive. Like, I, I care. But I realise now is not only do I care too much, but it is negatively impacting my mental health, but also all of my relationships because I'm putting so much on how someone else is reacting to something and how someone else is feeling. It's got nothing to do with me nine times out of 10, but I'm really taking that on. So I know this about myself on on a level, like on a a like base level, it is people pleasing, but there's kind of obviously different extremes and I feel like I'm fairly extreme. Um, if If I have something and you say you want it, it could be my favorite thing in the world and I have to fight the urge to just give it to you so you'll like me and be happy. I don't know where it comes from, honestly. So knowing this about myself um, is a little bit of context. And I would like to know, knowing whatever your like main sensitivity or like one of your problems like this, like, like this, what would be like your worst case scenario that would trigger this into like, make you super, super anxious. And I say anxious because everybody gets anxious at some time or other. Um, people have kind of adopted anxiety as uh, it's like a mental health disorder. Everyone suffers with anxious feelings. Everyone goes through phases of anxiety. There is a difference between feeling anxious and having an anxiety disorder. I do not have an anxiety disorder. Most people have like it ebbs and flows. We have periods where we're more anxious than others. Um, But the majority of us 
it's not a disorder. So I'm going to use the word anxiety and the word anxious, but just kind of understand, because I know, you know, we all have our triggers. Um, I get it. I used the word manic recently to describe myself and someone who I assume had never watched me before. This was the first video that they'd found, um, really took exception to it. And we had kind of a back and forth. And I said, listen, I get where you're coming from, but I identify that behavior as manic. I'm not using it like, oh, it's so crazy. Actually manic behavior, that's gonna be different for different people. But I wasn't just kind of flippantly saying, oh, you know, it's so OCD. It's different, but I do feel like when you're going through something, when, when something feels really, really hard for you, sometimes that's a trigger when someone uses that term and you feel like they're using it without really understanding it. So I feel always like you have to give a little bit of a, you know, context, context, because I don't want to upset anyone um, unnecessarily, because that's not the point. So, as I was saying, um, I would like to know what your, what kind of was your be like, what would be your main trigger? Because I think I discovered mine yesterday. I was, I mean, I was in, I was in a really low mood yesterday. I just was kind of like in a funk. I didn't know really, just, just feeling really strange. I actually, um, text my counselor and asked if we could skip our session. I was just not feeling it. I was like, Ugh. I just, all day yesterday, I just didn't feel right. And it got to the end of the evening and my husband said something about school in September and he said, oh, you got to check when Milo starts school. It'd be secondary school, big deal. And I had this moment of, oh no, because I have planned a trip to Paris for my daughter's 18th. Her, her 18th is the very beginning of September. And I had a moment of, I never even looked. I never even checked. Now, the people pleasing combined with just general parental guilt, which is just always there. Um, and then the potential ADHD of it all, because the feeling of constant failure and why can't you get your shit together is incredible. And the more I consume about ADHD, the more it really helps me to say to myself in these moments, I like, I understand myself. I know why you're feeling this way. You don't need to feel this way. This is your brain processing this differently to other people. Like I said in a previous episode, self-diagnosis is not for everyone. I am on the path, but it's a long one. Um, someone said last week that it seems like it should be kind of a priority or uh, it would be worth paying whatever it costs to be diagnosed at this point. Um, I don't feel that way. I, I've gone back and forth, but it is so incredibly expensive to be diagnosed on the NHS uh, beyond the point that at this point I've been told that's not possible. Uh, sorry, not on the NHS. It's so incredibly expensive to uh, be diagnosed privately. Even just like assessments before we get into the diagnosis, before we get into like all of everything, you're talking like six, seven, eight hundred pounds. That's up north. I dread to think elsewhere. Um, and then beyond that, you've got on the wheel then, you're on the private health hamster wheel. So then you have all of your appointments, several hundred pounds a time, all of your medication, everything is so much more expensive. And the reason that I've decided to not go down that path yet is so many of you told me that should not be the way that this goes. Like there should be an NHS path. Um, and so I'm going to persevere with that route. Uh, eventually, if it comes to it, 
I will go private. I I am in a position where I can do that, but I'm also not in a position where I won't miss that money. So I think I should kind of persevere with the National Health Service first um, because it should be available. So um, as I was saying, I have found a tremendous amount of comfort in that community of people online who are speaking about ADHD and um, all the symptoms and like all of the ways that it's affected them because it's really helped me give myself a little bit of a break in these moments where I'm kind of having a bit of a meltdown. So I realised that there was an overlap between the trip for my daughter and my son's first day of school. And honestly, I could have just burst out into tears right then and there. And I kind of just had a moment where I was like, oh, I can't believe I've done that. And then I felt like I was just going to be able to let it go. Like, okay, I can't believe I've done that, but okay, it's not great. It's fine. I'll be back that evening. It's kind of just a first taste today. I'll be back for the proper full day the next day. But it just, I couldn't shake the feeling. Um, we're watching TV. I'm like playing on my Switch, hence the injury. And um, I was like crying, but it's uncontrollable. It's not, I wasn't actively crying. It's like the tears were happening on their own. I was just kind of like crying with no effort whatsoever. And I'm like, oh my God, get yourself together. What is happening? So I went upstairs, kind of washed my face and then the floodgates opened. I'm sobbing, like hyperventilating crying. It was ridiculous, so irrational. I'm like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? In that moment, I realised I had not taken my antidepressant that day. Now, I don't really know. I've heard a lot about, like, missed doses um, can have, like, crazy effects. Um, I don't really know how quickly a missed dose can have that kind of impact. But the funny thing is, all this week I have been so tired. Like, it's getting to a point of can't cope with life so tired. Um, sleeping, just every available opportunity apart from night. Uh, I just can't, I just can't get enough sleep. Um, and I had been considering, because it's been taking so long to wait for an appointment, uh, follow up with my doctor, that I might start to kind of wean myself off these tablets, that maybe I'll start taking like a half every other day, like steadily wean myself off them. But I hadn't spoken to a doctor about it yet. I hadn't actually decided to do it. I was just contemplating it this week. And so I feel like almost subconsciously, because I haven't missed a dose until this point and we're like nearly four months in um I feel like subconsciously that was like a test because he didn't do it on purpose but it's too much of a coincidence because there I was hyperventilating in front of the mirror washing my face having this realization and almost immediately I was like oh my god so number one I felt better because I felt like right this is this is because you're not in control of your emotions number two I was maybe I need to keep taking these, maybe. Because I was thinking, they got me through a difficult period initially, but I don't feel like they're making me feel better like day to day. I literally said that yesterday morning to someone who was messaging me about it. I said, I, I don't know whether or not this is actually doing anything. Um, and I would say the the thing it stopped me from doing, was I was crying every day over something or nothing. I was crying every day to some degree. And it stopped that. But other than that, I don't feel different. I don't, I mean, I kind of, I probably do feel less joy, truthfully. I, I'm not excited about a lot of things. It takes a lot to get to that level. Um, I'm not, 
I don't feel real highs. And I know this is a thing, you don't feel real high highs, but you don't feel the real low lows. Um, but it was kind of an interesting test yesterday because I really, <laughs> I really accidentally put myself through it uh, to teach myself a lesson that maybe I do still need to be on this medication. Maybe, maybe it's doing more for me than I thought. But the original point of this was the thing that triggered that full-blown meltdown was something that I already know is a problem. So when I next speak to my counsellor, because one of the things that she'd asked in a previous session was, what do you want to get out of this? And I've really struggled. Like, what do I want to get out of this? Because you can't really fix something that I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what caused my um, anxiety and depression. I don't know what caused... There's no specific trigger. And so if I can try and do a little bit of self-reflection and think about what are my biggest triggers, what are the things that are going to send me into that spiral, into that like hyperventilating crying state, maybe we need to work on those things. And already I had identified through another conversation that the people pleasing is a major issue. And now I'm seeing it in another way because this made me feel like I was a complete failure as a parent. I wasn't on my game. I could not keep things, I just, so incredibly disorganized. I mean, these are all just things I feel about myself. I know this is negative self-talk, but these are things I genuinely feel about myself on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's stuff that I really need to work on. It's stuff that I, just because you know you're doing it doesn't make it easy to stop. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to put to you guys, I'll tell you my story, my ridiculous story, always because this is how we do it um i can't i can't just kind of chat for chat's sake i'm gonna tell you this happened to me i'm ridiculous let's make this a learning moment for everyone so how could you improve like whatever the thing is for you what is your like first of all you got to identify it what is the thing what is the big trigger the thing that if someone says this, if this happens, if you experience this, spiral, full-blown meltdown, internal, external, whether you push it down or you let it out, what is the thing that it happens and you have that oh, feeling? Some of us are dealing with that better than others, but we all have those triggers. Um, could we improve on them? Could we improve the way we react to them? Could we find a way to avoid them in the first place. Obviously the recognition is the first step and that might be the hardest part for you guys. Cause sometimes once you realize what it is, it's really easy to solve. Um, but the more, cause I've always said control is a huge thing for a lot of people. Whenever we've got some kind of issue, often the issue stems with control. Um, you know, we're stressed out because we have no control of a particular situation. It's all control with so many things that can be the answer. And for me, I'm now realizing that as I unpack lots and lots of different issues in my life, most of them come back to me trying to, well, just worrying too much about other people. And in this place, you know, this is different. This is my children. Um, and I want them obviously to both be happy because in that moment I'm thinking my son is going to think I don't care about his first day. And then I'm like, again, manically, I would say, um, 
Googling and trying to see whether or not I can change the trip, which I'm still looking into. I think I might be able to. I was literally up till like four o'clock in the morning because ironically, because I swear my antidepressants are making me so tired. So I took them when I remembered, which was probably eight, nine o'clock last night. And then I was wired. It kills me because sertraline, loads of people say it, it's gonna, it's supposed to be something that kind of gives you a little bit of a pep in your step. You take it in the morning and it kind of helps you focus. And I don't know whether or not this is because people say that people on it with ADHD um, react differently to SSRIs. Is that the right SSRI? Sounds like a boat. Uh, but I don't know whether or not it's that. Like we react differently to stimulants and they calm us down. I don't know. But whenever I've tried to take it at night because I'm thinking, well, it helps me sleep, it makes me wide awake. It's so frustrating. So yeah, the irony of it being that I started the week thinking I might try to wean myself off these because I can't stay awake. And then accidentally not taking it, taking it and then I couldn't go to sleep. Lols. Um, but because I was up till four o'clock in the morning, I was like, right, well, I could move this to this. And I was checking with my friend who's coming with me and Ella, is this okay if we move these dates? She was totally fine with it. I think I probably will. But then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I do that, then my daughter might feel like I'm moving her birthday trip. It's not like we were going on her actual birthday, but we would be going closer if I moved it. Um, I, I'm moving her birthday trip to make space for her brother. And will she feel like, well, now he's more important than me. This is all self-talk. This is just a conversation with myself. This is not a conversation I've had with my children. Um... I don't think either of them really care that much, honestly. This is all inside my mind. So the main issue is, for me, and maybe for some of you, because I know we have these chats in the DMs, and I know I'm not alone in a lot of things that I experience, <laughs> whether it be in reality or just in my mind, I don't think that they really care. I don't think anybody really cares as much as I think they care in here. I think the majority of the issue is that I am putting an enormous amount on something that's not even real. Like I'm I'm putting this emphasis on problems that don't exist because I'm so nervous of just generally how other people feel. And it's always my responsibility to make them feel more comfortable. So whether that be in this scenario, which I feel a little bit less guilty about, I feel like, yeah, this is, you've just really reached the apex of, I can't fix this problem and this makes me feel terrible um, because it's my children and I feel legitimately like, I just, on, I can't shake it. It doesn't matter who tells me it's not true. Um, my, I felt awful, even more awful because my son saw that I was upset. I thought I didn't know. I just went to check on him and he was like, what's the matter? He is so incredibly emotionally intelligent and really tuned in. Like I sat with my husband all evening and he had no idea that I was upset. Um, <laughs> my son was like, oh my God, what's the matter? And I said, oh, nothing. I said, I've just washed my face and we were talking about something else. And then before I left, he went, but what's really the matter though? Because I think you are upset. And I told him and he was like, oh, don't worry about it. He said, you'll be back in the evening. It's totally fine. And he would never make me feel bad about it. Um, and... Again, it's all just me, but I I just kind of put myself in the situation last night. After he'd said that to me, I was like, that's so kind of him, it's really generous. But I kind of was thinking last night while I couldn't sleep, how am I gonna feel 
while I'm not there and it's just awful. I would, I just really, I need to be there. So I'm going to try and find a way. I'm going to try and find a way. Um, but this extends to all aspects of life. So a main thing that I mentioned, I think in the previous episode that came up in my counseling session was um, with healthcare professionals. I even saw a, it was quite funny. I saw um, an Instagram reel. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it for you. Um, it really made me laugh. It was something to do with the eldest child in therapy. Oh, I'll play it for you. Nice to meet you. I'm good, I'm good. You know, finally trying the whole therapy thing. But enough about me. How are you? How are you feeling today? Do you have lots of appointments booked? Back to back? That's intense. Can I ask, what are you doing to manage all of these emotions that you take on? I mean, I'm worried about you. I just hope that you're taking care of you. You know I'm here if you ever wanna talk anything through. Literally whenever, like I'm always available. I don't really sleep, because it's like, what if somebody needs me, but then I'm asleep. Do I have a history of mental illness? I mean, yeah. Made me laugh so much. I sent it to my friend, also an oldest daughter. Um, but that is a perfect example of me in a medical situation when someone's like, so what is the problem? I'm like, it's fine. Everything's fine. And it completely is like, oh, I don't want to put on anyone. I don't want to make anyone else go out of their way for me. Um, which is so funny because if you're into love languages, my love language is acts of service. And I wonder if this is because... I feel uncomfortable asking for help. And so somebody offering me help without me having to ask and feel uncomfortable about it is like best case scenario, like best thing you could possibly do for me. I wonder if that's what it is. Honestly, I don't know. Um, but I, that is, it extends to every facet of my life. Do you need help with this? No, no, absolutely not. Doesn't matter what it is. I struggle with work. I will work until 11, 12, two o'clock in the morning even because I will not ask for help. And repeatedly the management have said, listen, you can offload this, you can offload this, you can leave this for someone else to do the next morning. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, and I will never do that. I will never. I will burn myself out doing everything that I've promised to do, if I can remember to do it, because I will not ask for help. And then, I will overextend myself because obviously, and then I feel terrible because I skip things, miss things, things, mistakes are made because I can't ask for help. It's so frustrating. So I actually think that's gonna be my like top thing that I'm gonna be working on um, in these sessions. And uh, obviously for those of you who are like me, it might be interesting for me to give you these updates. They're all kind of very, um, it's very YouTube therapy, self-helpy type stuff. Um, but I, I just was wondering, for those of you who maybe are different to me, you've got different kinds of triggers, there are different things that, oh, someone says this, I've experienced this, if I'm in this situation, this will, will be my spiral. What is that thing for you? Can you identify it? Is there a way that you could avoid it? Um, or is there a way that you could just kind of make it easier for yourself if it arises? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's a useful exercise for us all anyway. Thank you for joining me for another week. Um, as always there, well, I say as always, as recently and possibly as the future, um, there is a video component to this on YouTube. There is um, a, an audio only version that you can 
listen to on wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. The podcast is called Michaela Talks. And uh, I believe that YouTube are actually doing something so that you can listen to these podcasts as audio only because they've been put in a specific uh, playlist. I don't know. I don't know. It's the it's a new age of YouTube podcasts, so we'll see. Um, but if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe in either of the places. And I will speak to you next week when I'm sure I'll have another story of something ridiculous that has either happened to me or some self-indulgent mental health crisis I'd like to share.